reflection of this beautiful psalm, Psalm 23 today, instead of us having a sermon. So we're going to spend the time that we normally would having a sermon today, going through this psalm and practising resting in God. Today might feel a bit strange. Oh, it helps if you turn it on. My apologies. Today might feel a bit strange for some of us. If you're not used to sitting in stillness with God, this might be a bit of a challenge. It might require moving out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I apologise to anyone who finds these times of silence that we're going to have uncomfortable today. But our goal for today is to experience God's rest by focusing on him and listening to him for ourselves. Normally in a sermon we just sit back and listen, don't we? But today is about each of us meeting with God personally. And my job is to just try and facilitate that for us. So rather than doing everything I tell you to, the goal for today is for each of us to engage with God one-on-one. -on -one. If you fall asleep, that's actually all right today. Thank you. You're welcome, Bill. <laughs> Rather than follow my instructions, please see me as a facilitator leading you to experience God for yourself. The reason we're doing this today is that we don't want to be a people who just learn about the idea of resting in God. We want to be a people who know the reality of living out rest in him. Tim's taught us about different facets of resting in God. There's that element of resting in him as we go about our daily lives that involves being aware of his presence with us and including him in every part of it. Today we're going to experience that different facet of resting in him that involves taking the time out to just be still before him. And the key thing for today is to take the time to just be. In my experience, getting alone with Jesus is one of the best things you can ever do as a Christian. And that's a big statement to make that I need to be able to back up. Here's the main backup. Jesus did it. The whole time he was on earth, he drew apart just to be with his father. And if Jesus needed it, how much more do we? Here are three differences that I've noticed within myself as a result of spending time alone with God. So from the time I go in to be alone with him, close the door, and when I come out again, I thought, what a, why is this so good? So I've just written three things here. It's hard to quantify something that can't be quantified. But the first one is there's a greater awareness after I've 
being alone with God, um, that I'm fully understood and unconditionally loved. My family and others do a good job of seeking to understand me and love me unconditionally, but God is the only one who knows us completely and he's the only one who has the capacity to love us unconditionally, isn't he? The second one is I'm better equipped to keep in step with his spirit, which means I'm better able to recognise or hear his voice leading me in everyday life and I'm more likely to want to obey him. And three, he recharges us to serve others. I find my perspective is better. I'm better able to recognise the things that I've been blowing out of perspective. I'm more calm and more at peace of having experienced rest in him. And this enables me to love others out of that place of rest, of what people say overflow, rather than a place of striving to make myself. It just happens more naturally. There's no prescription for how to spend time alone with God. It's good to dwell deeply in some scripture and ask him to reveal what he wants you to know about it in that moment. I go to commentaries if I need to to learn more and just pour my heart out to him. Take the time to listen in my soul to what he's trying to say to me through his Holy Spirit or what he is saying, what I'm, yeah, it's me that's deficient, not him. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. We'll be working through Psalm 23 one section at a time and taking time out after each section to just be alone with him in prayer. Okay? So let's get comfortable if we're not already. Let's create space in our minds. Let's just focus on being still and knowing that he is God. Becoming aware of the Holy Spirit within us. And please pray together with me as we start. Father, you are the author of rest. We come to you now and ask that you will enable us to experience rest in you today, please, Father. We pray for anyone here today who does not know with all of their heart that they are yours. And we ask that not one person will leave here today without having that knowledge deep in their inner being. Thank you that it's your delight to encounter us. Please meet with us personally in the deepest parts of our being today. In Jesus' name, we're asking this and thanking you, Father. Amen. So the beautiful words of Psalm 23, and feel free to open it in your phones or your Bibles if you'd like to. They were written by God through David, who was a shepherd caring for sheep before God later made him a king. 
and it starts, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Could you close your eyes, please? Could we picture who is the Lord? He's a consuming fire, we read in Hebrews. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He's the Alpha and Omega. That means he always was, he is, and he always will be. He exists outside of time. He's a warrior, a defender of the weak. He's majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, and he's working wonders. And he's the all-knowing one. Jesus, would you give us a greater knowledge of who you are? Would you enable us to see you rightly, please? Amen. What is a shepherd? He's one who the sheep depend on. For their very existence. If a shepherd doesn't supply water and food for his sheep every day, the sheep die. If the shepherd doesn't keep fences repaired and ward off predators, the sheep can be attacked and killed. On a deeper level, sheep are marked or branded with their owner's identity so that everyone will know who they belong to. And God says in Isaiah 49 that he has engraved those who belong to him on the palms of his hands. Can you just imagine? We can never get our head around these truths. If you have Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you are engraved on the very palms of his hands. In 1 Peter 2, he says, we're a people of his very own possession. Let's pray again. Would you give us a deeper understanding of what it means to belong to you, Jesus? As we sit before you now in silence, would you bring a picture or a Bible verse to our mind to show us what it means to be yours, please, Father? Please forgive us for the times when we've tried being our own shepherd instead of relying only on you. We have tried to do things our own way. We've made idols of ourselves and others rather than basing our identity only in you.
we return to you now as our one and only shepherd. You might like to just repeat in your mind, the Lord is my shepherd, as a recommitment to him now. Amen. Are you getting the hang of it? Is it all right? How we're just going in and out of prayer? Okay. Because the Lord was David's shepherd, David lacked nothing. Or in other versions, he had everything he needed. It takes a lot of trust to know with all of our heart that God's going to meet all of our needs, doesn't it? The Apostle Paul demonstrated this trust when he said this to the Philippian church. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Then he says, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want... And he went on to write to the Philippians, My God will meet all your needs. The Lord was Paul's shepherd. Therefore, he had everything he needed. Sometimes he was well fed, says clearly in this passage, and sometimes he wasn't. But like David, Paul knew who he trusted as a consequence of the Lord being his shepherd, he could say with confidence to the Philippian people, my God will also meet all your needs. Let's pray again, please. Father, we bring to you now those things we're struggling to trust you with. Just do that in the silence now, please. Just as the man cried out to Jesus in the book of Mark saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So we cry out to you now, Lord, we trust you. Help the parts of us that are struggling to trust you. Would you give us a Bible verse or a memory from the past or a picture in our minds to enable us to trust you with everything now, please, Jesus. Amen. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. Did you know that some breeds of sheep cannot drink from noisy running water? I didn't know till I read this the other day. Apparently their nostrils are so close to their mouths that if they start to drink and the water's moving, they'll choke and be at risk of dying through drowning. So it's necessary for the... This was in a Tozer reading where I read this. It's necessary for the shepherd to dam the stream, uh, the stream until a quiet pool is formed 
and the running water becomes still so that they can drink from it safely. David's saying, the Lord leads me beside still waters. The Lord refreshes our souls in the midst of our circumstances, doesn't he? Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4, those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. And what he was saying to this woman was, you will no longer need to strive for fulfilment. You won't need to chase after the next positive circumstance because I myself will refresh your soul. Let's pray again. Your peace transcends all human understanding, Father. Would you fill us with a tangible sense of your presence as we wait on you now, please? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please don't be concerned when you're with God if you ask him to fill you with a sense of his presence and you don't immediately feel it. Like God is so much greater than our small minds can grasp. And it's about us taking him at his word, isn't it? And, and um, asking him to give us enough faith to always be faithful to him, to know whether we can feel his peace or not that he is in control. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Just as a shepherd leads sheep in the right way to go and the best way to go, our Father leads us. Let's pray again. Father, we bring those things to you now that we need your guidance in. Would you show us the right path, please? Jesus says in Isaiah that as we turn to the right or the left, our ears will hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Please impress your will upon our hearts, Father, as we bring these things to you now. In Jesus' name we're asking this. Amen. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, said David, for you, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
David had freedom from fear. Fear is a terrible thing, isn't it? It's paralyzing. As we run to God with our fears, he fights to defend us. David could say that even though he walked through the darkest valley, he would not fear evil. And he could say this because God had given him personal experience as his strong and mighty defender. In another psalm, Psalm 91, David says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but no harm will befall you because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. He even says in that same Psalm 91 that he has given his angels charge over you to hold you up and keep you in all your ways. Let's pray again. We bring our fears to you now, Lord, knowing that you and you alone are mighty to save us from them. Bring your fears to the Lord now in the silence. Courage to never give up on trusting you, please, Father. You are the only deliverer from fear. Neither life nor death nor anything in all creation can separate us from you. Would you always give us the knowledge of that in our souls? We renounce our fears now in the name of Jesus and just spend some time renouncing those same fears that you've just taken to Jesus in his name. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Even though David was surrounded by enemies, he trusted the Lord to vindicate on his behalf. He was able to rest in the knowledge that God had his back. Let's pray again. Father, it's so hard to forgive others and trust you and only you for all our protection. Some of us have had terrible experiences. We bring those experiences to you now and ask for your healing from them, Lord.
Would you give us the sure knowledge that we're more than conquerors because and only because of you as we sit here in your presence now, Jesus? Would you enable us to forgive as you forgive us? Would you give us a right knowledge of what forgiveness actually is, please, Father? In Jesus' name, we continue to ask these things for the future. And David finishes by saying, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's just close our eyes and think about those words for a while before I talk anymore. David turns his mind to the hope that he has in these words, doesn't he? And it's hope for both this life and for eternity. He knew that the goodness, mercy and favour of God are with those who place their lives in his hands right now and every day that they're placing their lives in his hands while we're here on earth. And he was looking beyond this to the glorious hope that was for his future. And that is for the future of everyone who trusts in Jesus as their saviour. He's saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Close our eyes again now, please. Holy Spirit, would you witness to our spirits that this life is not the end you are making everything new. The old order of pain and suffering will be gone forever. You're saying, Jesus, it is done. There will be no more crying, no more pain. You're preparing a place for us that will never perish or fade away. We will be with you, Jesus, face to face, without the hindrance of sin and suffering. Thank you for giving us your spirit to endure. You are coming, Jesus. We receive all of the glorious inheritance that you have for us both today 
and in the days to come and for that mighty moment for all eternity when we will behold you face to face. Let's spend some time now enjoying receiving from Jesus. May all the glory be yours, Father, and yours only forever and ever. Amen. Are you feeling good? (laughs) We're going to finish by taking communion together now. I didn't organise servers, so could I ask people to hop up and serve, please? Um, You can hop up now if you like. This is our opportunity to flip our thoughts so far a bit. We've been concentrating on Jesus as our shepherd. And as we approach our time together in communion now, let's think of him as the sheep. That one who willingly came and was slaughtered for each of us. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. He did not open his mouth. Let's pray. It cost you everything to lay your life down for us. You came and walked among us sinless. You were the only sinless human being who has ever lived. And yet you are also fully God. You gave up your rightful place in heaven to walk as one of us. You modelled to us how to live our lives here on earth. We love you. We worship you. And we give our lives to you in return. Please give us rest in the knowledge of your resurrection power as we go out from this place today and every day into the future. In Jesus' name we're asking this. Amen.